Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 166. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening is Mac. Good evening. Um, don't you mean Podcast 666? Uh, no, I do not. We're not that ambitious. Yet. <laughs> and we have Mad Cat with us. Hello there. How's everyone doing? Doing well. And we have the dumbass himself. I'm here to grab you in that very special way. Ooh. You're going to grab them you in an uncomfortable place. Sorry, what was that? You're going to grab them in an uncomfortable place? Like the, the back, back of a BW Volkswagen? Volkswagen? Yeah. <laughs> Very uncomfortable place. Very uncomfortable <laughs> place. By the way, Mad Cat, you got a compliment from one of our listeners that I happen to know. Really? She said she just thinks you're absolutely hilarious. That is special. Well, right. thank you very much. <laughs> if you want to shout out and say hi to Lynette, say hi to Lynette. Hello, Lynette. How are you these days? And she thinks the rest yeah. of us are rubbish, right? No. Of course. Of yeah. course. No, just you, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, it goes Aww. without saying. Aww. All right. Well, anything going on here recently? Other than my, you know, my, my hospital stay. Oh, oh yeah. I heard uh, you, you almost died, right? You, uh, oh, well, I don't you know. had a near-death experience? I, no. No. Unfortunately, none of that happened. Well, or fortunately, none of that happened. No, actually, I had a burst appendix, and uh, apparently I, I, I have a very high pain tolerance when it comes to my colon. And I, I, I was just a little uncomfortable, and apparently it had gone on for quite a while. And uh, so by the time they got in there, my the uh, it was pretty inflamed, and they actually had to take out a part of my colon. And, and he thought when he was in there, he thought it, it could possibly potentially be uh, colon cancer. So he had so he took enough out to make sure that if it was that he got it all. And uh, but apparently uh, that it was not cancerous. Brian, thank goodness. Yeah, is this going to affect your ability to punctuate? Ah, uh, it, it could. It could affect a whole bunch of now, stuff. It, now you only have a semicolon. It's ah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad. You're okay. Uh, yes, I, that was semi funny. That was <laughs> no, but apparently I have hey, plenty of colon left, so I, we're in good shape. Awesome. Hey, uh, should we talk a little bit about how uh, Jack Chick just recently died? Oh, well, that is. Yeah. I, I got to say, it's unfortunate. It is as much harm as he did. You know, those. What a what a great source of inspiration for us. Oh yeah, I mean, for those of you who who have never heard, but pro- most of you probably have, but Jack Chick was this guy who uh, who wrote the um, these Christian track comics. They're, they're yeah. well, they're they're like yeah, they're little they're comic strips. They're like uh, uh, these little things uh, detailing these ridiculous situations that to convince people to convert to Christianity. Uh, I believe he he had a, a lot to do with the 1980s Satanic Panic. Where everybody thought that uh, Satanists were going around stealing babies and sacrificing them. Yeah, a lot That's of those. Yeah, it's funny because he definitely had a particular slant as far as the which Christianity was correct, and I think Catholics were wrong. I think that he was some sort of uh, what? What was his flavor of Christianity? He he put the fun in fundamentalism. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, I guess we'll need to look that up. Yeah, because I, I my understanding is that some of some of his comics were anti-Catholic. Right, and he, he had a lot to do with uh, with the backlash against um, and the dragons. Yeah, mm. it looks like uh, he was just his posters and his tracts were designed to promote evangelical Protestantism. Okay, uh, he was a believer in the King James only movement. So, which which posits that every translation of the Bible, more recent, uh, every English translation more recent than 1611, promotes heresy or immorality. 
Wow. You know, he, he should should those people who believe that kind of stuff should have gone gone back even further. Just like only in the original. Um, well, I guess there's some of them are, were originally written differently, but Latin, I guess we can say. Well, um, some of it was written in Greek. Greek and Latin would be the original. Yeah. Yep. Either Greek or Latin is most of it. So, uh, um, so, yeah, original Greek and Latin. If you want to know the Bible, learn Greek and Latin. That should that should be the originalist position. Right. Well, that's the position that they take with that the fundamentalists take with the Quran is that no other no no other you know translation is correct other than the Greek trend other than the original Greek or not or the original not original Greek Arabic. But the, a lot of those tracks really are funny, and uh, in a lot of ways, they kind of make fun of themselves too. They um, they're it's just like the religious situations that the characters in them find themselves in that in the end. Uh, they're all like, oh, no, I chose wrong, and now uh, I'm being burned in hell, or whatever. <laughs> oh. Purgatory, maybe. I, I would love to see I would love to see a chick track cartoon of him actually dying on the 31st. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, just something like, oh, by the way, chick, uh, by the way, Jack, everything you ever thought of was wrong. Welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, so work. we we've definitely had a lot of fun with those chick tracks. Oh yeah. So, but so he has quite the legacy because they're, they're they're still available. Yeah, you can still oh, order yeah. them, and and there are a lot of parodies of them that you can find online and stuff too. You know, I we started to get them when the kids are trick or treating. Is that they would wrap candy in a chick track? So hopefully, I'll get some. This I'll, I'll, I will get some. This I guess year. that's a lot. That must be a lot more common in the states. I've never, so. uh, as a kid, gotten chick tracks, trick or treating, or anything. I only found out about them like later, like online. No, in the, uh, the, the last uh, the last couple of years that my kids have gone trick or treating, they've always come home, and you know they're like they're so excited when they bring it to me. You know, here, look. because they know you'd be incredibly interested in them exactly oh yeah the the kids know that i want them (laughs) they they go into the i have i have this box of all of my you know all the little flyers and stuff that i that i pick up from you know all the different christians and stuff like that i have i have a box full of this stuff so yeah so so they help me add to my collection so they have a tendency of making sure that they have exactly what dad wants so that they can Caught him into letting them have more sugar that night. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be. Uh, but no, it's cool because now my kids now they're old enough that when you know they they, they see this stuff like they'll be walking and they'll they'll see stuff you know like that and pick up propaganda to bring home to me. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, if I find any, I'll send you some. If, thank you. Are, are we uh, are we ready to move on? Ready. I'm ready. It's time to masturbate with the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Enjoy that. Oh, yeah. So, today, um, we've got this article, and... As most of you are aware, there have been some uh, recent uh, DDoS attacks against, uh, thankfully, not very vital uh, resources like uh, Twitter and Reddit. But, you know, this um, this has really highlighted the fact that we really have to prepare for the worst um, because uh, these DDoS attacks could attack something uh, a lot more vital like our, our X-hamster and <laughs> our 
uh, Pornhub than YouPorn. And we, we, we need to prepare for that, guys. We, we need um, to, you know, the, people always talk. And the, this article that I've put in here goes in a lot about how DDoS attacks happen. But also, you know, there's disaster emergency management. And people always tell you to have, like, um, d- disaster preparedness kits planned. Nobody talks about the importance of having analog porn in there. You know, you, so, some, you know, Biggins magazine or, uh, you know... They, they say, you know, have enough water to last a few days. Have enough porn to last a few days, too. You're going to be in the middle of a disaster. It's going to be obviously a very tense situation. You're going to need a way to relieve that tension. So what you're, what you're saying here is that maybe Playboy has made a mistake by taking nude women out of their magazines. Because what these recent um, attacks on are the Internet infrastructure and is showing that, that it is so weak and, and, and vulnerable in certain ways that we're going to need more print porn at home to the store absolutely you need more but you know like talking about playboy those are just nude women posing you, you want something a little uh, a little more uh, erotic than that get get, uh, get some uh, really more hardcore magazines out there you know and uh, you, you've, you've got to have a stash of it you got you got to have a supply for emergency situations so what do you and write- unfortunately i've only got about 100 gigabytes of porn so that's really only about a four-day supply Right, but what are you going to do in the event of a um, an EMP? Yeah, you I need, think you they're going to suck it. <laughs> you, you need it in magazine format as well. You know, you know, can't just uh, rely on your computer. <clears throat> Didn't think of that, did you? I didn't. <laughs> okay, so yeah. uh, so we should we should go ahead and cover the specifics of the attack. So, what is it? <laughs> a, a DDoS attack? Is that Anybody? how they pronounce it? DDoS. Well, yeah, that, that's huh? that, that's how. Um, that's DDoS. Yeah, DDoS. I've only seen it. I've only seen it in uh, written. Okay, yeah, DDoS attack. Well, if you I want think... to, you're you're the big tech <laughs> professional here about that kind of stuff. Maybe oh. you should go into detail. Oh, okay, sure, sure. I I, I think for one hmm. thing, uh, DDoS is actually something that the minions say in the two movies. <laughs> so now, it, I should mention here, um, j- just uh, just briefly. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm getting this off of a. Uh, a satire parody website, and uh, um, this is the Beaverton, which is Canadian's version of the Onion, basically. Right. So, um, while, while it's 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 funny, I, I under the culture and cognition section, I have um I have an article from Brian Krebs, and Brian Krebs is an uh, a, a security researcher, and he's actually been um been subject to some of these DDoS attacks. So this is. Um, distributed denial of service attack is what it stands for. So what's happening here is that there is a lot of different devices attacking one particular small piece of the internet. In this case, they, they were focusing on a company called Dyn, which, which does DNS services. So the DNS services is the domain name systems. That is what translates. So when you put into your search bar, xhamster.com, it, it goes out to DNS. And it gets an IP address, and then that IP address is where your browser is directed to get your content. So, so we use these friendly names where our actual infrastructure talking uses the numbers, and fr- and probably those numbers are translated, you know, at some point back into a binary number to you know to to move that stuff back and forth. So, in this particular attack, it um, a whole bunch of devices were attacking Dyn. And and that and and so because nobody could get address translation, they were unable to get to any to get to these websites that were affected by. And DNS in particular is um, is particularly sensitive to this, I think. 
And I think that's probably why the um, why, why the attackers chose it. And we still don't know who the attackers were, and we don't exactly know why they did it at this point. Another interesting thing is that they used IoT devices. And so we this is the Internet of Things. I, examples of Internet of Things would be if your refrigerator is connected to the Internet. Um, the um, the Nest thermostat is is Internet of Things, and we're seeing more and more of these types of devices. The um, the Ring video doorbell is is uh, one of these types of devices. Uh, your TV would be an would would be an IoT device, and so these IoT devices are not getting secured properly. So part of this attack was being conducted by people's TVs and refrigerators and other inter- Internet of Thing devices. And so, and so it was more than just computers that were conducting this attack. You know, I, there, there was an article that I saw like a few years back <clears throat> that like, and I was laughing so hard at it, just, just at the idea that there, it was this thing about um, a baby, an internet connected baby monitor being hacked and somebody had hacked into that baby monitor and was you know, basically um, saying obscenities at the baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but there you and, go. And I, I was I just thought that that you know like the the parents were obviously horrified that somebody hacked into that and stuff. But like I thought it was hilarious that somebody just broke in in order to be like, "Fuck you, baby." <laughs> but you know, but there's I, an example. It's a wonder what people do. <laughs> I was at a uh, I was at a public place looking for an internet connection, and I happened to see that somebody had their printer not not hooked to the internet so I could, I could bridge through, through the internet, but in their network and unsecured. And I just had this thought that, you know, print something to it, print something to it. Like help. I'm being held hostage in a toner cartridge. (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. I love it. But I decided to use my uh, powers for good rather than evil. Oh, what did you do? I didn't do anything. That was the whole point. Hmm. You behaved. I behaved. Wouldn't the wouldn't the best thing to do to be able to go over there and, and, and educate the person and tell them what you know, listen. Yeah, I didn't know where it actually was though. Oh. I just, I, it was all I know is that it was in within range for my device to pick it up as a wireless connection. Sure. Well, could have seen sent him a message on it and had it print saying, Hey, <laughs> this is unsecured, dude. Yeah, so there are appropriate ways to set up your networks if you're gonna for having IoT devices, and so that you can better secure them. But people aren't doing it, and you know, and really, are the current way that people set up their home internets is not really conducive to setting them up in a way that I feel secure. Well, most people don't really know what exactly to do about it. They just plug it in and away they go because that's right. what they're told. Well, that's uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's what they're encouraged. <laughs> do by their isp exactly sure yeah but i mean you'd think there'd be some like in a password well a password would be good that's one step but i think that these iot devices should be on their own dedicated network so that they're on it so that they're on a separate network from your from your day-to-day computer activity so you should be running two wireless um signals in your home one for the iot devices and then one for the rest of your stuff yeah, depending on how secure. Well, I want to be very secure. Yeah, but generally speaking, people want to be uh, pay less rather than be more secure. Right. Yeah. Or they just have no clue. I mean, certain th- depending on your IoT devices too. I mean, um, it's probably not a uh, a huge deal for you if somebody hacks into your fridge. Well, no, but here's the problem: is that these devices are being used to attack other services on the internet. Yeah, that is. So they've got to be secured. And, and a password, and, and unfortunately, you know, it's it's exploits that are that are probably getting them um, 
as well as bad passwords. Both are probably a problem. But yeah, so once again, this is not just about your device. This is about the security of the rest of the, of the infrastructure as well. So it's not so simple. Since when is anything simple? Well, I know. Mm, and since when do people care about anything beyond their device? Well, listen, if they exactly. can't get their I mean, porn, as long as your device is functioning, nobody cares if it's being used in a DDoS attack. Right. As long as you can get your porn, no problem, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ah, no. We have to care about these things. I'm sorry. We've got to do better. But here's the thing is that it should be the responsibility of the manufacturers to do better. We can't we cannot leave this up to the consumer. It's not fair. So I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a good answer. But you know, in it's my not, house in, in my house it's not it's what? It's not smart oh. to leave it in the hands of the consumer. Right. It's not smart to leave yeah, I agree. You know, in my house I, I have uh, you know, two different wireless signals and I have a enterprise class firewall. And provided that I have configured it properly, I should be in fairly good shape as far as my IoT devices go. <laughs> so everybody should have the same setup I do. Well, you're the one who has to send out the memo to everyone. I will do that. I'll get the I'll, I'll get the memo sent out. Get right out. onto it. <laughs> well, I I set up my uh, my Wi-Fi signal the way the lady over the phone uh, told me to, and it gave me a really long password. So I think that's pretty secure. Yeah, that's great for that's great. But what I'm suggesting is that um, that we that you know we we separate devices onto different networks, and it gets more complicated when you do that because we yeah. can't we cannot update and control our our TVs and stuff like that. They get they get updated from the manufacturer when they get updated. So. What I want to do is I want to lock them down in in an environment that is much harder to get in and out of so that all they can do is operate with the basic functions that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, But once again, with the way that it's left right now, we're leaving it in the hands of the consumers. And because people are able to exploit them, they will be used for mischief. Porn. Oh, wait. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> they could be used to distribute porn. I'm not sure that that is a mischief, though. Anyway, so it's pretty. Depends on I what mean, you do with the porn. It is true. Anyway, I thought the I thought the attack was very interesting, but I would. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're always interested in those kind of things. I I am. All right, guys, it's time to pray Uh-oh. for the oil industry. <laughs> Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon declares oil oil field prayer day to ask God to protect <laughs> the the state oil infrastructure. <laughs> I I I. I Number one, this should be illegal. She should not be doing this, I don't think. Isn't this a violation of the of these establishment clause to ask people to pray? And what's funny about this is that some of the articles that I put in here indicate that originally it wasn't open to all faiths, but that they had to change that. How did a female okay. governor get in place in Oklahoma? Uh, that's a good question, right? Shouldn't she be at home in the kitchen? Yeah. Or yeah. was it the bedroom? Uh, well, as long as she's barefoot, I think she can be in the kitchen. Right. Okay. I I remember it has to be the barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely barefoot. Uh, so wait, wait. I'm barefoot. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so ha- has there been a significant like I haven't been paying attention to the news on this. Has there been a significant threat to uh, Oklahoma's oil industry? Oh yeah, because one of the one of the things you know they they're landlocked, right? And so the barrel of the the barrel price affects them heavily because. It costs more to get the to get the oil out of the ground in the first place, and then it costs more to transport it to a facility, you know, that can either, you know, transport it 
some you know to another uh, to another country or you know they have to transport it to a place to a facility to you know to turn it into gasoline so or yeah. at least somewhere good <laughs> yeah not even though not even necessarily another country but just somewhere good well to to a uh to a to a plant you know to somewhere not oklahoma well yeah because i don't think that they have any facilities to um, uh, what, what are the, where they take, you know, oil and turn it into gas. They don't have any plants to do that. Uh, well, Wyoming we have does. some over in Alberta. You, you yeah. misunderstand here, Brian. According to the article, uh, apparently they don't have a method of turning oil into gas because apparently that's actually created by God. Oh, I see what you're saying. People of faith acknowledge such natural resources are created by God. So apparently that's how it, that's how it all turns into gasoline anyway. God. God. Okay, if it's done by God, then you can't put insurance on it. Oh, touche. Yeah, so no, Oklahoma has been pretty significantly hit by this. And one, I, I know that, you know, I, I know several companies that have closed up shop in Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, they've been hit pretty hard. Hmm. And, and that's not to say, you know, this area that I'm in down here in Houston has been hit pretty hard, too. Um, but it's weathering a li- it's weathering a better, I think, than Oklahoma. Um, I don't know. Wait, know what, what's the thing that, like you said, it's be it's because uh, the yeah. it's really expensive to. Are you talking about um, it, transporting uh, what, what it? Changed? Well, okay, because the barrel price has dropped so low. Um, oh, I get it. Yeah, it, it it becomes more. So when the barrel price is at eighty dollars a barrel, they can pretty comfortably take the oil out of the ground and transport it wherever it needs to go and make a profit. But as as the barrel price comes down, the cost to transport that fuel, to transport that oil, doesn't go down. Whether it's through a pipeline or on trucks or whatever it is, those costs um, probably are not even fixed. Those those costs might go up too. If you're transporting, you know, the oil by truck, then the fuel cost going up will affect that transport cost as well. So so places like Oklahoma and Kansas. Um, find that that it isn't as profitable where texas you know that oil has a lot um uh, it doesn't go as far so west texas to to houston is a lot less of a distance than you know the what is it the oklahoma panhandle you know to bring it down here so it's so it's just the further way you get from port the more expensive it is to transport it i guess uh the uh one solution to that would be to like uh keep on digging it out of the ground and storing it until the prices go back up again, right? But the problem is, is that they don't want to sit on it forever, and and these things do degrade over time too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so, so you do have they, to they, wait. They degrade over time. They've been in the ground for like eons. Well, but here's the thing: is that when you pull them out and you sit them someplace, they they become stagnant. When they're in the ground, they're they're moving. That the, these things that they're not, they don't just stay stationary. So with the storm properly, well, I, I, I guess you'd want to, you'd have some sort of special storage system for that then. Right, but that becomes expensive too. So now, now you're creating a storage facility, you know, to, to store the stuff that you're pulling, that you're pumping out. Where maybe it would be just better to hold off pumping, but now you had a company that's not making, not making money at all. Yeah, so, uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what the. There's no great answer here other than you know to get the the price of the barrel back up to something um, sustainable for us. But it's, but it's not just Oklahoma that's being hurt. I mean, Venezuela it has been um, been hurt significantly by this. Uh, Russia's hurt significantly by this. You know, I mean, any place that is is pulling oil from inland. Um, but I, but Alberta I, Sands. Yeah, see that they'll be hurt by that. Well, and right now, of course, you know. Um, the pipeline that was supposed to come through the U.S., Canada is in the process of suing the U.S. 
for not completing that. Uh, there also <clears throat> isn't a really nice fight about whether they should have it going through or not. Right, exactly. In certain ways. Yeah, so, the, so I mean, none of this, uh, I mean, it's all contentious. <laughs> but yeah, so... so, what, and, so and, the, and so the solution to this is to pray. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all you can do is pray. You just have to throw your hands up in the air and stop thinking about alternative ways to do things and, and just punt. So what, what you're saying, though, really, Brian, what it all comes down to it <clears> is that the, the low oil prices is a conspiracy by Obama to destroy Oklahoma? Uh, is that what- uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Sure. You know, um, like I pass by uh, when I go grocery shopping, I pass by these guys on the corner uh, who have signs that say, pray to end abortion. And I always think to myself when I pass by, I'm like, well, as long as they're advocating something useless. Yeah, right? Because nothing fails like prayer. But what some of the other interesting things in the article that they're talking about um, that actually kind of concern me, one of these articles says that they – so the they, Oklahoma is still giving – it's like $487 million in subsidies to these oil companies. And where they're getting this money right now is through, from the schools. So they're raping the school budgets to give, to give oil – to give subsidies to the oil manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I, I, and so and, – and they were saying that some of these schools have gone down to four days a week. It's incredible. Which they're not interested in the education of the uh, of no. the youth anymore. No, I mean it's There's it's crazy no to me. Yeah, I, I, they would be they would be better off to to just. Well, the, the oil companies actually have the um, what do you call them the uh, uh, lobbyists. Right. They, exactly. The schools don't have the lobbyists, and so and so they're getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is that the this, the increase in you know in fracking and stuff like that has increased um, earthquakes. And I think that I, I you know here that this is this is one of those things that I guess is hard to make to be sure that the that the that there's a correlation here. But I think that they're getting real close. I think it's close enough to say that most likely fracking and drilling has increased earthquakes in Oklahoma. I think that. I think we can pretty safely say that and they, so but they're getting but i was hearing well, originally i was hearing that they were having like 3.5 um magnitude earthquakes which is you know a strong earthquake but not terrible but now they're getting up to 5.8 yep and so so that so there's some issues here that that need that we really need to address this and see if if it is it is it fracking that's doing it or is it just in general pumping oil out of you know what you feel the figure that you're creating you're sucking all of this oil out and are you replacing it with anything water or anything or is or are you just creating these pockets of air that you know that can start shifting i'm not sure what all is going on here well maybe that oil is supposed to be there to lubricate the fault lines well that could be too no i and i don't know you know oklahoma i don't think it's that seismically active um i don't think there are a lot of fault lines in oklahoma are there there might be now. Well, yeah, because of yeah, different things. So, yeah. What so, I'm going to suggest, well, Brian, fault, fault is that happening. Fault lines happen uh, at uh, the edge of plates and such. So, right. I, th- I don't think drilling, no matter how much you drill, could really create a new. No, it uh, couldn't fault create line it. Yeah, that way. But it might. It might exacerbate something. Well, it's creating faults somehow, right? I mean, it's creating earthquakes. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what they would call it. If you if it's not on a fault line and you have a and you have a large earthquake, what was it? I mean. What is it not a fault that caused it? I mean, can you not create a fault? Uh, I suppose I, I'd have to ask a geologist, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that a, a fault line is where the Earth's plates are rubbing up against one right. another and they and they move sleep. That's a fault line, so but couldn't you yeah. create a fault? 
not a fault line necessarily, I, but just create a fault. I mean, you can you can make the you you can have something that makes the Earth move dramatically in certain small locations that aren't on a fault line. I think. Well, that seems like what might be going on here. But he, the other thing about this article that I hate is that it is kind of disjointed because it talks about praying for oil, and and then it talks about well, it does talk about. Nah, I guess it isn't disjointed. It does kind of all go together. It just seemed like it was a little bit. I don't know. The nine hundred million disjointed. Yeah, it's disjointed, I guess, is the best way to say it. They all kind of do go together, but it, but maybe they should have been different articles. <laughs> because the, because it, we start out talking about prayer, but then they but then they slide into the, the to the um to the ta- to the budget, you know, the 900 million budget cap and you know, and the fact that they're still giving money to uh tax breaks to these oil companies and then they go back to earthquakes. So, not a great article. But I do think I, I think it. I, how stupid are these people? <laughs> God, you're actually assuming that people are not stupid. Well, you know, I, I hate to assume that they're all stupid, but you know, she's she is their governor, and she's instru- asking him to pray. God, that's basically that. Uh, that basically means we're out of ideas, folks. Here, this <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that that is kind of what it means, and I I, I don't know what discussions should be happening. But this is just crazy. Or is it not that they're out of ideas, but that they're trying to use something that they can get everybody behind to for to further a, a right regen, a right agenda? Maybe I don't know. I guess it's just a way of for people to feel like they're doing something without actually doing anything. Well, that's what prayer is anyway, right? It's funny. That what, is a reference for it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I did have one friend that that told me he was praying for me when I was in the hospital. Just to be an ass, because he because he knows because he, he clearly knows how I feel about prayer. So he told me he was praying for me. <laughs> I just say I'm thinking about you, which is fine. I mean, yeah, it's it's I I pre you know you you can appreciate the sentiment, right? What, what, you mm-hmm. know, but it should. Yeah, <laughs> but but the governor should not be telling people to pray. That's crazy. No, it it seems a little off for the governor to be asking. That kind of thing, because that's not the regular way it's supposed to go for, you know, government. So, you don't need a daughter to know to know Trump's bragging about sexual assault is vile? Is that true, <laughs> dumbass? Tell me more. Yeah, well, yeah, th- there have a lot of been a lot of people talking on a, exactly uh, this topic here. Basically, um, ask, th- this is how, like, the Republicans distance themselves from Trump. Uh, after the whole deal about his pussy grabbing thing uh, came into light, um, they were all saying things like, "Oh, I have three daughters, and I'm the husband of a wife. I, uh, I and that's why I find this incredibly vile." And um, I have a mother, that, so I find it vile. <laughs> yeah, and and a lot of people have been saying, you know, these are people. You don't need to, you know, be have a a real relationship with uh, a woman like uh, on these levels in order to know that uh, the, this is not right. And uh, to me, it's like, it's like those people who try to um, uh, insert themselves into saying that they understand the black situation because they have black friends. Right. Or sure. And it's also the kind of logic. I think uh, personally, I've used this analogy that um, you tell this is the logic you tell yourself to remind yourself that, uh, Criminals in prison are actually people. You tell themselves, "Oh well, uh, that that man is somebody's son." 
in order to to uh, remind yourself that even prisoners in prison uh, deserve to be treated with decent human respect. I think it. I think it kind of speaks to um, a, a culture, though, that says that these women are not valuable unless they're something to you. Women are not valuable as women, but they're valuable as your daughters. They're valuable as your wives. Hmm. So they're they're really they're really considering they're they're it's kind of objectifying. They're really kind of considering the women possessions. Well, I, I think you're it's like saying to... it's like saying I don't you know anybody with a Ford wouldn't want Trump you know wouldn't want Trump insulting a Ford. I think you're kind of close there, but I think it has more to do with kind of um, a man's attitude. Um, that that basically, and, and I think this is a, a lot of way a Victorian attitude about uh, sexuality that we a lot of men find it hard to think of women as both people and as sexual beings because we see sexuality as morality, even uh, a moral thing. Uh, we find it immoral for them to be sexual beings, even though we want to think of them as sexual beings. Maybe this is where Trump is more evolved than we are here, is that he can see his daughter as a sexual being. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> that just proves his asshole assery. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a thing that um, people are uncomfortable with female sexuality because um, uh, we even, weren't supposed to have any. Yeah, exactly. You know, we see this a lot, though. We see um, we, we've we've had stories with Republicans on here that have become become pro gay because all of a sudden, you know, their their child comes out as uh, as as gay. So so now that so oh, now that it's my child. Well, this changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because now I see the courage that my son has had to be gay all these years. Well, the other thing is, is that if you're going to continue to talk that vile about gay people, now you're going to have to do it about your own child. And and so that does kind of change the, the narrative for a lot.